Hey everyone, I'm Audio Nerd 64. And I am Big Nakruma. Gotta get the song in somehow, huh? You know? And we are your gamer friends. We are your game. See, why do you gotta refresh? Just let me have the line. The gamer friends. The gamer friends. It's rude. Is it rude? Anyway. Logging on for this week, we are all over Apex Legends. We're talking Jump Force Anthem and Division 2 betas. The Activision and Blizzard layoffs. Boo. Swim Sanity gets some beta dates. The Assassin's Creed 3 remaster has a release date. Metro Exodus is joining the Epic Games Store. Cross-platform Xbox Live. Ugh, because the Switch needed it. And the Fortnite concert. In these past two weeks in Nerddom, we are getting into Titans. Did I watch it? We have to listen to find out. (laughs) Spoiler alert. No. That silence said a lot. Uh, Some Avengers updates. Some Marvel updates with Fox. More Marvel series are coming. A lot of Marvel. We really should just change the damn damn segment name. Uh, And (laughs) some DC news. Aquaman. Finally, friend of the show, Jack, stopped by for the first time and shared some wonderful insights with us about his experiences playing a lot of the same games we've been playing. Yeah, that is later in the episode. But for now, we must log on with the Game of the Generation. (laughs) Game of the Year. Game of the Year. Game of the Decade. Game of Next Year and the Year After That. (laughs) Best Battle Royale. Best everything never has a better game existed apex legends so no tea no shade it is really really good it is no like for real it is really really good i just got two second place finishes in a row and i'm wow that's very mad about it who are you playing with uh tim and edna I know they just carried your ass the whole time, too. It's a shame. They did not. I was the only <laughs> one with kills. Okay. So let's not even go there. Give me some receipts. I'm pretty good at, at Apex, actually. Really? Because the shooting is more, you know, first person Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about this launch, because we're going to talk about the game later. Yeah. Apex Legends came out of Dropping out of thin air. Just Beyonce surprise drop. There was a little bit of a leak over the weekend. But it was kind of funny because, like, the leak happened. It seemed like a scheduled leak. It did seem like a scheduled leak, but a lot of people were still like, what the fuck is this? Who cares? And then the game came out on that Monday, and we were like, what is this? And then by, like, Tuesday, everyone was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is Game of Generation. Best game of the year. Game of the two years. It really uh, (laughs) did blow everyone away. I think I have not seen anyone who's been, like, down on the game. I've yeah, seen no. people who don't like Battle Royales and, you know, it's still not their cup of tea. But no one's been like, yeah, no, I prefer X, Y, Z, you know, Battle Royale game. All the reviews have been absolutely shining. Deservedly so. It's just a really, it, it, it's just great. Like, we're, we're, we're going to talk the details later, but man, I just... I didn't think that something like this was really possible. Mm. I have seen games launch out of nowhere like, surprise, you can download it today. Hooray. And, you know, people will play it. It will be downloaded. It will be talked about. 
Um, I'm thinking of E3 this year or, or last year. Um, a, a few games came out that you know I still never got around to <laughs> that mm-hmm. I would have liked to uh, that launched right away. But nothing that seemed to kind of like take over the world like Apex did. I mean, what, 10 million players within the first week? I think that was within the first 48 hours. Lord have mercy. It was 10 million players. It's completely taken over Twitch. It's completely taken over all the rest of the streaming services as well. It had its very first paid competition literally today, $50,000 on the line. Already? Yeah. Wow. It's, It's like it's ready. That's the thing. It was ready. You know what? You know, I always like to say, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. <laughs> okay. Dem- EA was ready. <laughs> um, Respawn was ready. Re- yes. <laughs> EA was like, yes, publish through us, make us relevant again. In fact, we'll talk about this a little later in the episode, but it seems like they did this on purpose. It wasn't just like, we know that the game is going to be super successful, and so we're just going to drop it in people's laps. No, they, it was it was calculated. It was part of a plan. They did it this way uh, on purpose. Um, that said, you know, PUBG still doesn't render all the way by the time I fucking land. <laughs> Blackout, no. you know, we haven't really talked about Blackout on the podcast that much, but we have been playing it, or at least I've been playing it quite a bit. Um, before Apex came out anyway. And, you know, there are some issues with Blackout. It's definitely more polished than PUBG ever was, but, you know, sometimes there's stuttering and things like that. Uh, I don't play Fortnite. Uh, Other than the very first day, some, like, party connection issues, I haven't even lagged in Apex. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't had any real issues with it either. They shipped out a finished game, which in this day and age is an accomplishment. Um, bear with me. Bear with me. You it sure? Is, we have a lot of news to get through. Yes, I'm sure. This is the thing. The game could have been an unmitigated disaster if it wasn't ready when it launched. And the reason why it's getting these glowing reviews, in part, is not just because of the innovation and the way that it does the ping system and the way that it really makes gaming accessible. Like, you could really not use a mic at all if you don't want to on this game. Other than innovating those types of things, it just works. It just does what it's supposed to do. And because of that, it's getting all these accolades and this praise. And I wonder to what extent, you know, Bethesda is sitting around and like muttering to themselves and wondering what could have been if they had just shipped a finished game a few months later as opposed to shipping what they ended up calling Fallout 76. Or EA's other game that's coming out this month, Anthem, which we don't really know what the state of it's going to be when it comes out. Hey, but we do know we're getting a short film Thursday. (laughs) We are getting a short film. I, I mean, it, it really, to yeah. me, is analogous to the way that Dems can't seem to figure out uh, that things like Medicare for All are, are popular and that you should, I don't know, support them full-throatedly and not have backroom deals with healthcare lobbyists that secretly say that you'll fight against it. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's not fucking rocket science. Just, I'm going to stop. Next bit of news... <laughs> We have a list, and you are waxing socialism over there. And I'm like, I, I, you know, they make me so mad. 
It's beta season, Division 2 beta, Anthem, another beta, and Jump Force beta, which I didn't get a chance to play, but you said you saw some things about it. I did not. What's going on with Jump Force? Because that's the only one we haven't touched yet. Uh, My little brother and Hakeem are both big in to the Jump Force hype. Right, because niggas love anime. Okay. And, you know, they're niggas that game. So, Mm -hmm. Jump Force. It's very simple. They loved it. Is the bottom line. Uh, you know, I've I've read some things about what could be better, but having not played it, I'd rather dwell on what everyone said was really good, which was the art style, the animation of it apparently is just like the epitome of what an anime game should be. Mm. Kind of the way that we felt about Into the Spider-Verse and how mm. it really like brought the comic book to life. Uh, I guess people feel like this is really doing a lot for their anime feels. Okay. And then the combat just seems really good. Um, the meshing together of the universes didn't, you know, rub anyone the wrong way. You know, That's good. now you can finally know if Goku can defeat One Punch Man. I don't know if One Punch Man is in this. <laughs> um, but whatever. It's... Uh, it seems solid, and at some point when it is deeply discounted, I would love to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel the same way. I, you know, if a my if a new My Hero Academia game came out, I would probably rush to buy it. But one where I have, you know, where it's just like a couple characters, and it, it's not, it's not gonna do. It's like buying Smash for just the Piranha Plant. No one's doing that. Mm, um, fair enough. You know, I'm all for a fighting game. I'm really bad at them. Uh, but yeah, no, also when it's deeply discounted or when I, you know, have a flush of money come in, maybe I'll just treat myself. <laughs> I, I'm broke. <laughs> but yeah, uh, what I did have money for, because Nick had money <laughs> for the Division 2 beta, wow. got a little bit into that. It was good. Yeah, we're going to talk about this and the Anthem beta later in the show with uh, special guest Jack. Uh, so we will remain light on the gameplay aspects of it. Uh, I will say... In all fairness, that the Division 2 beta was really buggy, and uh, I am kind of, like, a little concerned and am excited that they announced open beta dates today, which they'll be March 1st through 4th. So oh, I'm busy that weekend. Assuming I don't have any Anthem to play. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I It's going to be great. You know, I'm I'm probably gonna dip my toes in. Uh, again, we'll 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 talk about it more in depth later. But it looks really promising outside of the glitching and bugginess of the the build. Yeah, I mean, the little I played wasn't that buggy, so whatever. It's a Division Two game. Yeah, it's great. And Anthem, you know, the the open beta was exactly the same as the private beta, with a lot of the same issues, just f- far fewer of them. Um, Oops, so you, do. you know. Again, we'll have to wait and see what happens at launch, and we'll talk more about the gameplay of it later in the show. Next, Activision is being shitty yet again. What is it, 8% of their workforce? Um, I didn't see the percentage. It's a lot. It's too many for the rumor that was going around that it was Destiny-related to be true. Oh, I didn't even hear about that. Um... So it seems like some folks believe that because 
Bungie weren't the ones doing the marketing. Bungie weren't the ones doing the communications and setting up the interviews and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, I believe Activision handled all that, much in the same way that like a record company does all of that work. Um, and the artist just kind of makes the music and shows up to things and talks about it and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so people were speculating that these layoffs were probably just Activision getting rid of the teams that were dedicated to Destiny or the excess staff that were needed mm-hmm. to handle another full franchise. But this seems pretty steep. And yeah, and totally not the case. I think I saw a lot of, it was a lot of like esports yeah. got cut and like marketing. But, because you Blizzard know, outside just cut of, out a whole game. That's right, they did. Heroes of the Storm is like on the fast track to death. Mm. Well, at least the CEO got a few million dollars at the beginning of the year. Yeah, thank God. Since they had the best year ever, apparently. That is like so shitty to be like, we had a great year and you. <laughs> but gave it the wasn't pink enough. Slip. Goodbye. I, this just, it's really fucked up. And unionize your workplaces. There we go. Not to, you know, make light of the situation, but. Uh, I am not making light at all. Unionize them and then eat your managers. Next up, a game near and dear to the the show's heart. Several features. Several. Several. Multiple. Susanity's beta is coming. It is coming in February. Yes. The 28th. Yes. Black History Month. Woot woot. Closing it out strong. Closing it out strong. I literally cannot say enough about this game. I absolutely love it. I think it is a really fun time. And I hope you all play it. Uh, The beta is available for those on PC and on Mac. Who sign up for it. Who sign up for it. We'll leave a link in the show notes. Do that right away before they close it. I don't know when they're closing it. Just do it. Do it as soon as you hear us do it. The I link is right it. there. I have to do it. You have to do it? I still have to do it. Nick! I know. Game stuff gets blocked at work. I oh, that's You right. can't do it. Lord Jesus. Um, yeah, I'm very excited about it. And I've recruited Twitch partner, Professor Dump Truck, whose stream oh. you can now subscribe to. Uh, he has agreed to, quote, try it out. That's beautiful. Oh, my it God. Is. Oh, maybe I'll be able to play with him. You will be able to play with him. Oh, well, that's exciting. Well, I was going to save this for the end of the news section, but while we're here, friend of the show, Professor Dump Truck, is donating all of his proceeds this month from Twitch to Bell Let's Talk. It is a Canadian organization that combats stigma against mental illness and has a whole bunch of resources. We will leave a link to both their website and to Professor Dump Truck's stream so you can go Sign up, be a sub, support, support the friends. Oh, I just said be a sub. Wow. Uh, all right. What do we have next? The Assassin's Creed 3 remaster is finally coming out. Oh. Long ago, it was promised as one of the season pass items for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So I don't need to do anything. I just get it when it comes out. Uh, it comes out on March 29th. Can you get it separately? If you didn't, if you're just like, I love Assassin's Creed 3 and that's the last best game that they've ever made. I don't care about these new ones. Yes. 
you can just buy Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered on its own. It is not a uh, reimagination of the game like Resident Evil 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is just a remaster of the game, but they did also change some gameplay mechanics, so it's kind of like in the middle. Okay. They didn't change the levels and they didn't change the design of anything, but they did, you know, make it so that Connor moves around a little bit better, that he does a few more different and cooler things. Obviously, they fixed, or at least hopefully, they fixed all of the bugs and stuff that plagued Assassin's Creed 3. Um, it is probably my favorite classic Assassin's Creed storyline. I just really loved Assassin's Creed 3, even though people. Um, did not love it as much. <laughs> and so I will, at the very least, be casually playing it. Um, and I'm very excited for it. Well, all right. You should go check it out. And the trailer, I believe, we're going to link in the show notes. Okay, look at that. All these links. Beautiful. Let's talk about some games maybe that people really enjoy. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, I just, you know, maybe didn't get... You know, as critically, you know, whatever. Metro Exodus. I don't know nothing about this game. A lot of people are really excited about it. And uh, can't wait for it to come out. But that's it. Yeah, the trailer where the shark comes up out of the water and you're in a rowboat. No, it's an automatic no. I stopped even <laughs> remotely paying attention to what's going on with this game. I won't be playing it and I don't support it. So... <laughs> What is interesting about it and why we're talking about it this week is that if you want to play Metro Exodus on PC, just like The Division 2, you better get used to the Epic Game Store because you have to use it in order to purchase it. And just like before, Steam is going to honor your pre-orders at some point. I believe that there's a year of exclusivity on the Epic Game Store before it's going to be available on Steam. So I don't know if people are going to like wait that long. Um, <laughs> are people not. are PC users that attached to Steam? I know nothing about the PC gaming landscape. So are people that attached to Steam where they're like, I'll wait out this year? Metro Exodus is getting review bombed because of this. Oh, yeah. So they will wait the year. I mean, here's the thing. Steam didn't launch with all this stuff, but you can now chat in-game with anyone else who's on Steam, regardless of what they're playing. They have a robust modding community that's built right into the, you know, interface. It's a one-stop shop for 99% of everything you want to play. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're a gamer, it's a very convenient thing and to have multiple different systems having to run to play different games i can understand that being annoying yeah no uh that's understandable um not the review bombing but the annoyance the irritation i don't care about review bombing it's not hurting anyone they're like having a negative reaction to something that is within the developer's control and you know they're Doing something about it. Okay. They're not saying any death. Well, I'm sure someone is, but so yeah, <laughs> that is a given. Someone is always giving out a death threat about a game somewhere. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I think that it speaks to the way that Epic is really going after this market. Um, mm. I'm wondering how long it's going to take them to have the in-game chat and all that kind of stuff. Like, when are they really going to catch up features-wise to Steam? Um, right, to be asking for all this exclusivity. Yeah, but, you know, again, developers, as we've discussed on the show before, have a big carrot here. They get more money. 
you know, Steam takes more of their revenue than Epic does. And, you know, I guess for a lot of them, it makes sense. Word. I hope you guys have fun with your shark game. <laughs> yeah, please, please do. Uh, once you play it, let us know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> you know who's going to be having fun soon? Marshmallow? No. Because they switched users because now they can finally talk to their fucking friends without being in a specific part of a game. Wow. I think I've talked about how trash the Switch app is. It is ridiculous. I can only chat with someone once I'm in a specific lobby in a game. Once I leave the lobby, it's no more chat. I don't like it. I don't use it. Discord on the phone or playing people in Smash. It's ridiculous. Empty way. That might be changing soon because Xbox Live is coming to Switch. Well, potentially. Yeah. Allegedly. It's it's, it's in the works. It's in the it works. Like, you know, we're moving past cross play and moving into cross platform. I, I mean, yeah. how would you describe this? It's not like, oh, you know, it's not like your friends list is going to be on your Switch and, you know, you can like comment or something like that, it's literally going to be that you can join a party from your Switch. Right. Like, it's full Xbox Live. It's just, it seems weird. It seems foreign that it's even going to be there. And I wonder what, just in terms of the interface, it's going to look like. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious too. I don't know. I think it's a smart play by Nintendo who notoriously has, you know, not a great track record when it comes to doing things online. So it's smart for them to be, you know, pairing up with a company that does online extremely well. It's also just further salt in the wound for PlayStation because they are the only ones not on the list. Like, if it covers PC, if it covers phones, and it covers the Switch, like, that's... PlayStation is it. That's all that's left. (laughs) The Final Frontier, and apparently Sony's like, no, never. The best part is that like PlayStation could in some way try to get their system onto everyone else and then, you know, watch Xbox be like, sure, sure, come on. <laughs> come onto the Xbox and just see what happens. Mm. Well, you know, it is what it is. I, uh, I'm happy to see it. Sony, as per usual, is uh, not really playing nice. Yeah, I don't get it, but whatever. Not really shocking at this point, but whatevs. Not shocking, but it is shockingly stupid. <laughs> you know what was shocking? How many people tuned in to Fortnite for a concert? Yes, it was a pretty big deal. I watched a stream of it after the fact, and it was pretty cool. Yeah, though. So, so Marshmallow put on a show in Fortnite. I don't Fortnite. really know who that is, by the way. You know, EDM... It's some DJ, and I remembered or heard an inkling of, like, one of the songs that he played, but most of it I had no idea. He's got little X's on his marshmallow face head thing. Uh Uh-huh. He makes music. Okay. Yeah, it's like like Diplo or... I mean, I get it conceptually. I just have never heard his stuff. Okay, now I'm just, you know, saying that for me more than anything. I see. Um, but yeah, so you just hopped in the game and it was like a no kill zone for a while and you just there just was the marshmallow concert. Did they like schedule this so people know it was happening? I think so, yeah. I had no idea until after it happened. You don't play Fortnite. 
<laughs> that's, that's true. I don't play Fortnite. I was like looking, and Twitter was like, "You might be interested in this." I'm like, "What the fuck? A concert in Fortnite?" It was a really cool thing, I'll say. Yeah, it, you know, I'm I'm thinking of um, I remember who reported this, but this piece a little while back about how Netflix sees Fortnite as a competitor, or more so of a competitor than like HBO, which is shade unto itself. But like, what Fortnite? I think is doing and does really well is like taking, you know, the video game from like the game that you play to like an experience. And I think that's why it just, it just just keeps doing that in like all these really interesting ways and why it's doing so well. They're recognizing that it is not just a video game. It is a, an entity through which a lot of people hang out with each other. Yeah. And they recognize that they're going to be, they have a captive audience of millions of people who hang out together on their game all night. And instead of like a looter shooter like Destiny or The Division, where you're catering to those folks by giving them more content to play, they're just kind of uh, leaning into the social aspect of what they can offer. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting time for games. I'm like, and it's interesting too because it hasn't been replicated yet. It reminded me a lot of um, Ready Player One. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's the first example of something that you can do in a video game that you can't do in real life. Not I, I bet a lot of those people would not be able to go to a Marshmallow concert, not just because they don't have the money or because they're, you know, not living in the right place where he's going on tour, but because, you know, they're young kids. They can't have that kind of experience yet because they are still children. That's right. But in a video game, anyone can go. They can fucking do it. I wonder if, like, the people who made Half-Life are like, damn. <laughs> you mean Valve, who owns Steam? No, I think they're fine. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that it was Valve that yes. owns that. Valve owns Steam. That's why they stopped making games, because they made Steam. Well, I didn't know that Half-Life and Steam came from the same place. It was, like, introduced to me through, like, media studies courses. So, like, no one was like, oh, here's what video game entity owns them. Aw. So look at that. Making connections. Well, all right. Go Fortnite. Rock on! When the next concert happens, I, I want to be there. Hopefully, maybe they'll get a rapper that they stole all the dancing moves from. To, <laughs> that'll be I some sort of... I finally uninstalled it. <laughs> all right. I finally uninstalled it. Maybe I'll get it on the Switch. There you go. And then you can talk with people on Xbox Live through the Switch. Look at look at this. It's just tying it all together. Soon. Not yet. Soon. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> I'm really excited about it. This is happening now. Uh, do you know what is happening right now? These past two weeks in nerddom. Go ahead. Ask the question. Ask the question. I don't need to ask the question. We already know. I'm embarrassed. You should be embarrassed. <laughs> I I'm gonna watch it. I promise. Um, I know I made I know I make promises that sometimes I don't keep here on the show. Sometimes for a month straight. <laughs> um, look, it's Black History Month. I'm allowed to do whatever I want this wow. month. Um, no, I'm gonna pick it up soon. Look, um, former guest of the show, Young Levine, who now goes by Lil Poolish. I don't know even know what the second one. I don't know what it means. We should ask. Um. He, I saw a tweet, someone was tweeting about Titans, and he was like, yeah, no, the show is good, but the wigs are atrocious. And I was like, <laughs> but it's good. And I was like, all right, that, if I just have to get through some bad wigs, like, you know, I sat through one episode of Inhuman, so if I can 
And that was just bad wigs and a bad show. So, like, if I can get through both, all of that. terrible. I can just get through just the bad wigs and a good show. So, Oof, it was so bad. I watched Titans, I promise. I promise. I promise. That Love me. Will you also watch this Aquaman spinoff that will have none of the original Aquaman cast, apparently? No, it's a horror spinoff. It doesn't need to have the original cast in it. Oh, we already know what genre? Yeah, that's what the whole... They're like... Because I thought uh, when Aquaman was first being like talked about, it was supposed to be at least horror or horror-ish. What? Which I don't think made the cut, obviously. I wouldn't fully know. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm not surprised to see this at all. I did not know that it was going to be a horror-ish... Well, yeah. How could it be? How is it scary? It's like underwater. You ever like see what fish they scrape from the bottom of the ocean? Look like fucking alien things. Uh, that that doesn't make any sense to me. But it's very horrific. Whatever. You, you know, it's like caves and shit. It's all dark and shit. It's scary. I mean, like Jaws is scary, but that's I, a super. <laughs> the Marvel one that is. You know, we're going to get to this. It's on hold. Uh, you know, it, it's... It, <laughs> that trailer that made sense, yeah. at least. Look. A no, mutant I, mental hospital? Like, that would be scary as hell. I think Under the Water is scary as hell, too. I think you're a DC hater, and it's really just showing. <laughs> Look, if DC wants to cash out on the only property that has made them money, <laughs> are, are we surprised? I Who's okay. surprised? I'll wait, I'll wait for it to come out. I'll wait for it to come out. Wow. Um, they also greenlit It's hard. You're not going to watch it. True. So, there it is. I'll watch the trailer. <laughs> okay. Did you, Although, watch, did you watch the Us no, trailer? I didn't. <laughs> so, like, you're a liar. <laughs> oh, my God. You're a fucking liar. You know what I finally found out that I probably can watch, though? What? Happy Death Day. Really? It's only PG-13, and the premise of it is that it's Groundhog Day. But people die? No, like, she gets murdered, and then she starts the day over. And she has to keep redoing the day until she figures out who it is that's trying to murder her. It actually seems really cool and something I would totally watch. So what was that movie with Tom Cruise that they kept resetting until they beat Edge of Tomorrow, so which it's is like, the same concept. It's like a horror Edge of Tomorrow? Yeah, like horror Edge of Tomorrow. That's so, which is I hate movies like action that. Groundhog Day. That's, that's where it comes from. Right. I just... It's a... I don't... The concept makes no sense to me. I love it. Anywho. Edge of Tomorrow had a reason. I don't know if Happy Death Day has a reason why it happens. Well, I guess you'll have to watch it to find out. I guess so. Anyway, they already have a a script writer for the sequel, so they really are trying to milk it. Good for them. Let the... Look, something's got to make them money, and they finally found it. (laughs) So... They got to make up for all the lost revenue on Justice League. I'm very excited for it to come out on HBO so that I can... uh, (laughs) Watch it and <laughs> let you know what I think. Lord. Um, well, you know what we won't be watching in the theater on HBO? You cannot watch it here. You cannot watch it there. No one's going to be watching it anywhere. All these Fox Marvel properties yeah. on hold, apparently. Let As I do. said, what have I been saying for months? You did say it. I don't think that Dark Phoenix is going to come out. Now, all the interviews... That, that have alluded to this uh, and, and one where it was made very explicit, they all still, like, talk about Dark Phoenix like it's definitely going to get to theaters. I feel like this is the soft landing. This is, like, them preparing us. Like, hey, maybe you're just never going to see it. 
because <laughs> all of the test audiences have come back so bad. Everyone hates this movie. Wow. I mean, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked either because Apocalypse was one of the worst things I've ever seen, and that includes Batman v Superman. Wow. I didn't even see Apocalypse yet, and I have absolutely no reason to. You have no reason to. There's no reason to. It's bad. (laughs) It's a bad movie. Oh, man. Um, But that does mean that the one with Maisie Williams, the horror movie in the mutant mental hospital, that's not going to come out probably. Um, even though it looked like pretty close to finish. It's called The New Mutants, uh, and it has a set release date of August 2nd, but I don't I don't think it's gonna come out. Okay, girl. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> but all of all of the ones that they're working on, they were working on uh, another Deadpool, they're working on a Gambit movie, remember? It's with Channing, Channing Tatum. I still don't know how that's supposed to work. Well, it's not going to. Well, it's, it's, well, it's I, over. Well, I, I thought, I was under the impression that everything was kind of like on hold except for the next Deadpool movie. I thought that one was just like... No, that's, that's, only because, that's because Disney has agreed to do it. Oh. Like, Disney is already working on incorporating Deadpool into the MCU. There's a rumor going around that he's going to show up in Endgame. Really? I saw him in an Avengers suit, and it looked a little too expensive to just be a joke. Like, Ryan Reynolds, I believe, is the one who posted it, so it probably is a joke, but it didn't look fake to me. Uh, Okay. I'm a, I want to say one thing about this. I don't think he's going to be in it, to be clear. Good. But I, I do I, think I, that they, like, screen tested it or something. I would be very upset, because I would be, like, really upset if I was, like, crying over Cap. And or Tony dying. And then, like, Ryan Reynolds just comes on. I'll be like, this is not the time for the crossover. But, like, wait until the next fucking phase, please. I agree. He shouldn't be in Endgame. Um, but they're definitely going to incorporate the extended Fox properties into uh, the MCU. They're just, they're just going to. Phase four. Let me just, you know, as I'm recovering from crying about both Cap and Tony's death, because I'm sure they're going to kill them both. Um, then I can like be joyous about Zach Efron playing Wolverine. I did see that one. <laughs> Someone was like, oh, Zach Efron to play it. And I'm like, <laughs> I also saw Daniel Radcliffe as Wolverine, and that was equally nauseating. <laughs> it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. Ah, wait. Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah. Um, well, who's. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. I mean, I know it's acting, but like, come on. Not everyone can play everything. Come on. Oh, my God. Moving on. (laughs) There are some Marvel animated series that are apparently coming out soon. I don't even know where. Or maybe for the Disney streaming service. I I just saw that, like, MODOK is going to get one. And that a few other, like, B-list Marvel people like Howard the Duck are getting some love. So, I mean, great. More Marvel content that I won't watch because I just don't have the time. I don't it's, have the time. It's literally too much. It's it's really too much. I'm exhausted. I'm not even finished with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, I'm still in season five. Ugh. I have to I have to say, I think if it's not MCU, I just can't do it. Fair enough. I mean, we don't have the Netflix shows weighing us down anymore. <laughs> so, which we still have to I'm holding on. I'm holding on. That's not what the excuse is. That's not real. Uh, we just haven't done it. Um, and then last but not least, 
Uh, rest in peace, Mr. Oreo. That's so sad. That raccoon was so damn cute. That was a very cute raccoon voiced by a very not cute Bradley Cooper. <laughs> you didn't see him in A Star is Born? I did not see that movie, no. Um, well, apparently, you know, if I didn't see either, but apparently that might have swayed your opinion on the man. He rolled down that window in that meme, and he looked like he had not showered in a month. Okay. Well, you know. I could smell him. Mr. Oreo, the model behind our beloved Rocket Raccoon, which also reminds me that, like, Bradley Cooper's going to play a very big role in Can we, like, think about that for a moment? It's like Bradley Cooper and the fucking Rocket Raccoon. Thor's too sad to be the comic relief, so he's going to be the comic relief. Yeah. Until Valkyrie shows up, and then Valkyrie's going to, like, be mad at Jane Foster because Jane Foster's going to show up. It's going to be so good. I have my, I have, like, my You think she's coming, you think Jane is coming back? I am committed to the multiverse theory. But I thought Jane was like, oh, no, we've talked about this. But I feel like she's, like, really done with the MCU. Like, I don't... I think in that episode, I said, oh, if you wag a big MCU lead role in her face, she might come back. But, like, I don't know at this point. Yeah, I think she will come back. If she's fucking Lady Thor, yes, (laughs) she will. So, but keep that man Thor away from me. (laughs) This is my movie. Well, she had an issue with the director, and the director got replaced with someone who's amazing. So, I don't think it'll be that big of a deal. Learn. Well, you know. Well, who knows? I don't want to speak for her. Did y'all see that? That that TV spot, though, for the Super Bowl? I was mad that they did that to me. It was a lot. Apparently, okay, I saw a tweet about people apparently for test streams of the end game, people have been fainting in the theater. <laughs> AKA me. I'm just like so I'm like I I you know, here it is. Here's what it is. I at one point in my life maybe have made fun of people who were really involved in certain fandoms. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter comes to mind. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, they're fictional. Who cares? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. <sighs> now you know. Now I know. It is not a great feeling, and I hate it because I know that it's all fucking fake and it's a story, and but none of these people so are real, real, and yet I have so real, real emotions for them. They're so real. And I'm sad. They're here with us. In a parallel universe, they're all real. Yes. In a parallel universe, all the Avengers are actually real. String theory. Could That really must suck. Like, imagine, like, Tony <laughs> Stark in real life. Like, that boy, <laughs> that man has been through it. Real life Tony Stark. God bless him. <sighs> yeah. I don't really feel bad for billionaires ever, no matter what universe they're in, but Tony Stark comes pretty close. Jeff Bezos just flying <laughs> <laughs> around in an Iron Man. I'm waiting for it. If he doesn't get his helipad in New York, maybe he'll just Iron Man suit fly around us if we don't the kick him out. Hopefully. Human dick thumb flying around New York. <laughs> I, um, I am just going to play some music. Thank you. So 
So two episodes ago, we had our first ever repeat guest, and it was said that (laughs) some folks counted as repeat guests and others did not. Under your rubric, Cedric, Mm -hmm. this would be another repeat guest. I'm not saying yes. I'm not saying that. Okay. But without further ado, I would like to introduce friend of the show, gamer friend, owns a feet member, Jackica, Jack with one one K and then another K, Jack with two Ks. Happy to be here. I would say welcome back, Jack, but that's just me. <laughs> Thank you. That does <laughs> feel a little bit better. Doesn't it feel better? Doesn't it feel nicer? <laughs> Anywho. <sighs> Whatever. Let's get into some games. Jack, tell us, what have you been playing? Right now, I cannot get enough of Apex Legends. I mean, I did not expect to get addicted to that game, but man, it hooked me. None of us did. If I recall correctly, you and I played together when it first came out, and you were not really feeling it. That's true. I I think the first word I used to describe the game in talking about it with you was gross. I literally (laughs) said, this game looks gross. That is exactly what you said. <laughs> that is quite the uh, the transformation. What happened? Well, I mean, that was based entirely on the little launch trailer that they did, and I saw like the character <laughs> art, and I was like, oh, no, it is just Fortnite. Like, I don't, I don't want this. It's true. It was before we actually launched into a game that he said that. But you know, even after a few games, both of us, I think, were kind of like, eh, this is this is okay. Yeah, it's it's like we played for maybe two evenings, and I was kind of just left like lukewarm about it. I was like, it's uh, yeah, it's fun, but I'm just gonna keep playing Blackout. But then other people just kept inviting me to play Apex because it was the new thing, and it's like it just clicked, and it's the only game I want to play now. Wow, you know, I felt similarly. I I jumped into like a couple matches when I first you know downloaded it, and I was like, Mm-mm-mm. it's not PUBG, which is my favorite battle royale. Uh, excuse me. What? What? You trying to say something? What? That's I what I thought. I didn't hear anything. Anyway, uh, but I was like not really feeling it, and then I played it more and more because everyone was like, "You got to play this. You got to." I think it was it was really George. It was his enthusiasm really drew me in? Oh, good old George. <sighs> and um, yeah, I love it. It's great. I think it is. I don't know if it's, like, my favorite, but I might have to say it is definitely, like, the best, like, technically. You know what I mean? They just seem to do so much right with it. Like, the, the ping system that they came up with for marking things. Beautiful. It's genius when you have to drop in with, like, randos that aren't on the mic. Everything feels very balanced. The gunplay feels good. I mean, it's respawn. Titanfall, even though it never really seemed to pick up that much in popularity, is definitely one of the best first-person shooters out there. I've heard this over and over again. It just went on sale for $5 on the Xbox store. We got it. So I am going to dip my toes into it this weekend, I think. I got it. Well, <laughs> I believe it's also in the vault for EA Access. That's so true. If you have that going still, you could play both of them. I don't. So I would like to back up for a little bit here. Earlier in the show, we covered in the news kind of Apex's launch and what it is that we're, you know, kind of doing in the game, but I would like to frame the conversation a little bit. So tell the audience, Jack, 
exactly what Apex is and kind of how it compares and where you think it plays in with the four big players in the Battle Royale genre? Ooh. <laughs> uh, it's, it seems like it takes the best things from each of the games that are out there, combines them, and then adds its own unique spin on some other stuff. I mean, the unique aspects of the game, the fact that you can bring people back even when they're dead dead. Like, I, I know I've played at least with one of you on Blackout in the mode that they put out where if one person's still alive, when the ring moves, everybody comes back to life. And that game gets a little insane. So the way Apex does it, you can just pick up your dead buddy's loot and take it to a station, a one-time use station, and bring him back. And that has made for some absolutely insane games for me and some of the guys I've been playing with. What are some aspects that you think it borrows from other from other Battle Royales really well? Well, I can't speak for Fortnite because I haven't really <laughs> played it um, all that much. <laughs> It feels as polished as Blackout does, which mm. to me is very important. That's what sets them above PUBG. Like, I love PUBG for the fact that it is just, despite being a dumpster fire in quality, <laughs> it has this charm about it. That, like, like, I love the game. I mean, how many times have we played that? We've played it a ton. It's just really difficult to go back to now that I've played a couple, you know, very polished Battle Royale games. I still try, though, because it is nice. To my knowledge, it's the only one that has multiple maps, at least, so the variety is nice. Yeah, I I really prefer PUBG's like gunplay overall, not because I think it has the best shooting. I think Apex definitely has the best shooting out of all of them. It's that, for whatever reason, it just feels like that's what a Battle Royale game should be, like me kind of clumsily sniping you across the map and not... Well, like, right. It, <laughs> as far as I know, it has like absolutely no auto-aim, which is kind of unheard of for a console shooter. Like That makes sense on PC, but mm. console games, it's like that and maybe Rainbow Six Siege, I think. And I think that really makes it special. Like it, It's really challenging to win at PUBG if you're not you know, a savant. I don't win even a, a low percentage of the time. Like it's pretty rare, maybe like once a night if I'm playing really well, but there will be weeks where I go days without getting a battle royale win. And I think in a game like Blackout, it's a little different because it feels much more first person shootery. And so I just have a much bigger advantage in Blackout and in Apex because of the way that they've constructed their gunplay. So I think it's better, but... My only contention with that is that everybody else you're playing with has those same advantages or disadvantages. You know, it's not like only some people have auto-aim in Blackout. Everybody does. So to me, that makes the games like Apex and Blackout a little bit more about your positioning, the strategy. You know, it takes... PUBG is just so focused on can you shoot the guns accurately? Yeah, like that's yeah. it. I you know I think uh, my thoughts on Apex kind of echo what you said about Anthem in private chats. So to recap, uh, how you said it just felt like a really great game in a world where everyone is like focusing so much on simulation right now, and PUBG is like that simulation game. But I think Apex just feels like a really good fun game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've had people, I've heard people compare Apex to like Halo because of the shields. The time to kill is pretty generous. From a defender's standpoint, you know, if you're getting shot, you have time to just dip and, you know, reorganize. And I think that that actually makes the game more fun because 
Yeah, and like in Blackout especially, if somebody gets the drop on you, you're just dead. Yeah. I mean, that's it. You're done. <laughs> the game's over, you know? I think that's part of why I've really come around to Apex is because the action doesn't feel daunting in any way. Mm. I feel like if you get into consecutive PUBG fights, it's exhausting. And then you're probably fighting the circle. And and, and again, it, I just think there's so much more realism and like anxiety for me in PUBG, which I love. And I will keep going back to that game to feel that way. But with Apex, I can hot drop and it's fine. And if I'm dead, it's cool. We go into the next match. You know, maybe I pick a different character. Like it, it doesn't, give me the anxiety that other uh, that other battle royales have, specifically PUBG. Yeah, PUBG is, like, really stressful, but Apex is, like, always really fun. It's just so fun. And I still get that, like, super excited feeling when it's down to, like, the last three squads and everything's getting very tense. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, that is not lost on me with Apex. But you're right. The, the rest of the anxiety, you spend so much time in those other games looting and planning and creeping around. And then somebody just drops you and kills you in a second. Right. And that's it. That's the round, you know? Apex, I feel like the map is deceptively small. It feels much bigger than it actually is. And you're constantly running into groups. Even if you know you didn't land near anyone, you're going to end up fighting with someone within five minutes. It's just going to happen unless you are spectacularly lucky or you randomly dropped on the very far other side of the map that no one else is on. I've had a few games where... And in fact, we played one yesterday where we didn't run into anybody until we were the last two squads. It was just us and the other team. <laughs> wow. It was our first encounter in the entire round. But that happens very rarely. Yeah, I remember there was a game where you and I and a random were holding down, I think it's called the well or the the something something like that. It's the that pit. big the pit, the circular area that has three entrances and that's it. Although we suspect you can maybe come from above. Um, but we just held it down. You had the uh, character that does the smoke bombs. What's his name? I, the creepy, like, serial killer. Caustic, yeah. It's not the smoke, <laughs> but it's the poison bombs, the poison <laughs> gas bombs. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Oh, the poison gas bombs. He's an edgelord, too. It's, like, so weird. It's poison gas. Well, you got to clarify, because there is a character with smoke bombs. Oh, yeah, that that's is not true. who I was. Bangalore so. is the one who can shoot the smoke bombs. Um, anyway, that was kind of, like, a rare exception. I feel like most other matches... I've been incredibly uh, in, engaged the entire time. I was just playing a little bit ago, and I think it was four games in a row. We got into battles immediately off the hop. It didn't matter if we went to the hot drop zone or just somewhere we thought was completely secluded. It was like you were just in it. It was a scramble for guns, and you were just in it. So let's move on. Yeah. Um, you know, I we mentioned Anthem. We might as well cover it. We haven't had an episode since the public beta. It was not different at all from the private beta so we nope. won't you know spend that much time going over what it was although they did do an event which Jack and I did participate in oh. um Jack how how are your thoughts on this second beta that was the only difference and honestly it didn't feel like that much of a difference i was very underwhelmed by that event <laughs> this yeah. is coming from somebody that, as you guys both know, I've been hyping this game like crazy. <laughs> we've we've been scrapping I, a little bit. I just want to let the listeners know he's been exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the last thing I'm going to say about Apex, though, real quick, you know, because that, that's my new hype train game. Oh, um, I'm actually less excited about 
Anthem now because I just <gasps> I just don't see myself really playing it as much because of Apex. That is okay. literally the only game. Wait, I'm wait, play. all right. We're gonna sidebar real quick. There was I think a Polygon piece that was like EA probably shouldn't have just dropped Apex because it's gonna fuck up with Anthem. And I was like, no, it's not. One is P- all PvP. Anthem is not. One's a storyteller. One's just battle royale. It is not a big thing. And I was like, who ge- who cares? Jack cares. I cannot. I was like, Jack is that gamer. I literally rolled my eyes when I, I saw the headline. I was like, who <laughs> get like it's it's fine. Like okay, they can put like, out more than one game, and you're. Jack. I had the same reaction as you. Ah! I literally, I had the same reaction, and then Anthem just got me. I mean, I think part or not Anthem Apex. I, I think part of it is is I just don't have enough time to play all the games I want to play. Um, yeah. but I did. It's just kind of I'm less interested now. You know, my my hype for Anthem is has mellowed out, and I, and I don't want to talk too much about the Division Two right now. But I barely touched the beta this past weekend, which I have also been hyping like crazy, in favor of Apex. Jack, you played Apex, which you can play anytime. Yeah, he ditched me for the beta. Over the beta, which you could only play this weekend. Let me just make sure. I, I just want to get that fact straight. <laughs> so, wait. So, we'll get to the division. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get to, to it. it. We'll get to it. Shook. Before we get to it, I just want to say, in, in terms of the Anthem uh, open beta... The event, I agree with Jack, was a little underwhelming. It was like just multiple Titans, and sometimes they were bigger. Um, but here's the thing. The game is going to be fun, but I think that we now understand that they've been very clear about the end game and the roadmap. Like, the launch stuff, I, I don't think you're going to have that much of a problem, Jack playing Apex and playing Anthem at the same time, I think you're going to get that's, done. That's a little harsh. That's, you, know, you, guys, you guys say that I'm exhausting hyping the game, but you guys have been pretty exhausting being negative about the game. So We've got a storm of brood in this chat room right now. But. No, I don't mean that to be shady in any way. I'm, I'm saying, like, as we discussed, Jack, if there's, if there's three strongholds at launch, and they all give the same loot, and you can run them infinitely for as much loot as you want at any time, which is... Which I'm not sure if that's confirmed, but I think it is. I mean, stands to reason, because you can do it in the demo. Let's assume it's confirmed. That's... You're going to be running the same strike over and over and over again, and sure, you can do that, but I think you're going to end up, after like the fifth time doing the same strike, which the community is going to figure out is the fastest one by like 10 minutes on the first day, you're going to, you're going to end up going to Apex. Let's say it's That's wrong. True. Let's That's say it's wrong. That's absolutely true. And you can only do one of the strongholds uh, each week on each javelin. Like it's Destiny-style Nightfall loot rewards where... Like, character equals completion. There's no multiple runs, no Division 2 style loot. That means it belongs in the trash can with Destiny 2 at that point. Oh, Oh, the hot takes. This is why y'all come to Gamer Friends. Holy (laughs) shit. Uh, (laughs) Uh, And I don't know, I don't know how much you've been reading up on Anthem, but I I caught a big piece of news the other day too that at launch, you know how they have all the different difficulty settings? Yeah. You know, we we can play up to hard, and then there's Grandmaster 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. At launch, they will not have Grandmaster 2 and 3 available. Oh. <laughs> and it, a lot of people are calling that a strategic move. I'm not sure I'm sold on that. You know how 
there are people that just hit up a game so hard when it drops and they get to the very end game right away. And there's allegedly trying to kind of temper the pace so that they can adjust those difficulties accordingly based on, you know, the, the play data that they gather. But I think that that's just, I have, I don't two days to pull this pre-order. <laughs> you I'm shouldn't just... pull the pre-order. <laughs> I will defend Anthem and say, you're going to get $60 of, of game out of it for sure. Yes, I know. exactly. I know. There's no way you won't get sixty dollars a game out of it. I'm because being, even if, you, if it's shit, they'll fix it, and it's free. It's not like Destiny Two where you have to pay again for true. a fixed game. Right. I'm just being shady because I'm, I'm a. You just shelf that. it. You just put it on the shelf for a little while, and then they drop some more content, and you play it a bit. All right. And All you right. shelf it again, and then you play it again. You know, it's just. <sighs> I mean, I gotta say, Destiny Two for me is on the shelf right now. Even though there's stuff going on, I've got other things to play. I'm almost $200 into that game and it's on the shelf. Now I'll feel a little less bad when, yeah, I'm only 53 into Anthem. Thanks to EA access. Yeah. Quick plug. Um, (laughs) This uh, interview was sponsored by, I wish. Um, (laughs) So we mentioned the division two. Let's talk about that. Killing it on the transitions. Apparently neither of you really played the beta. Did you see that tweet where you can't be a podcast host unless you recognize the transition? Like you have to stop the podcast to recognize the transition. Oh, go no, back I did in not my retweet because I tweeted it just for you. Aww, <laughs> so thoughtful, <laughs> so thoughtful. Um. Anyway, you two kind of didn't play that much. Jack at least got through all the content though, right? <laughs> no, I played. <laughs> I played the first main mission so there were two main missions right i played the first one twice because at the end of my first playthrough of it it disconnected me and didn't save my progress <laughs> so i had to play it <laughs> over again um the same thing and then i did me. i did some of the i did i know i mean it just it, it, that's the truth it's factual no i'm a, i'm saying no, the same it, thing know, happened to me it is what it is and then i did one of the events like you know where from division one how you shoot the little flare gun in the dark zone yeah. Except now you can do that in the light zone. Apparently, I did one of those events, and that was that was cool. I like that little addition. I would like a chance to clarify, though, that the only reason I didn't get that hardcore into it, like I did with Anthem, is because Anthem was just like totally new. All I really wanted mm. from the beta for Division Two was to see what the new bullet damage was going to be like, to see how much they switched it from the first game, which I loved. I know a lot of people had issues with the bullet spongy enemies, but I got what I needed to get out of the Division 2 beta. Like, I still have my Ultimate Edition pre-ordered. I'm still very, very excited for it. I just didn't feel the need to put all that time into the beta when I know I'll be playing that same content when it launches. Fair enough. So my excuse for not playing very much of the beta, or at least not playing all of it, is that uh, I had a family uh, event this past weekend. So my little sister graduated from college. Shout out Savannah, future Pixar computer animator. And because my family is like going through some stuff right now, it just didn't make a lot of sense for me to be stowed away playing video games the entire weekend. Like that kind of wouldn't have come off very well. So I couldn't get as much in as I wanted to, but I did try and stay up late and play as much as I could solo. I don't love playing The Division solo, so there are some limits to like what I got through, but uh, I had a litany of connection errors after my first login. I was lucky because I had Thursday uh, to myself. I was with my family on Thursday. I flew out on Wednesday night. 
So as soon as it opened, I was on and I had no connection issues at all until that night. And when I got back on that night, that's when I think, you know, everyone got home from work from every coast and it was just overwhelming the servers. I kept getting disconnects and I tried to go through the first mission two times and I got disconnected both times. So I had to replay that mission three times and that kind of took a lot of my division energy out. Plus, you know, Apex was in my ear the whole time. So I didn't do much more than you, Jack. I got a lot of the side missions done and I got some of the public events done, uh, including the ones that you were talking about. However, I got to say, I loved it more than anything I've ever <laughs> played. What I got out of it was like so exactly what I want. All of my fears about the time to kill stuff, you know, the bullet spongy enemies, all of that is alleviated. I am no longer concerned about that whatsoever. Um, I was a little bit concerned about the, the feel of the controls. I don't know if you remember having this conversation, but yeah, it, in some of the early videos, it looked a lot like the Ghost Recon movement, which to me was very floaty. There was no weight to the character. And that sounds like such a minor thing to nitpick, but to me, that was a huge part of the first division yeah. being a cover shooter was... And it felt just like the first one, and that was great too. So I am, I'm all of my fears about Division Two have been put to bed, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, I actually feel the same way that you do, or about like not getting through any of the content because I got through basically nothing. <laughs> did you even get to the White House? I did get to the White House, uh, then you know, explore a little. bit. I did like the first, the first mission after the White House. It's exactly what I expected it to be. It's exactly what I want it to be. The Division 2 is just going to be a fantastic game when it comes out, and there's nothing that any of us can do about it. <laughs> I can try to talk some shit. It doesn't really matter. Um, I'm so glad. <laughs> I just hope they fix the sound issues. I had so many sound issues. I don't know. And <laughs> I didn't the texture pop-ins, oh my god, they were bad. But I, I realized that that's probably... That's beta shit. You know, it's like, going to be fixed. I mean, you know it's a beautiful game. Say, when it renders. I gotta say, we can't keep letting them off with those excuses. It's not beta shit. Like, it's a month before launch, which is a lot of time, but it's also not a lot of time. So, you know, if it's not fixed by the open beta, I'm going to be officially a little worried. Okay. Well, but, you know, the way I understand it is, is that the development branches at a certain point, because even though it's like a demo, it's a beta, they still have to get that certified to go live on the, the stores and stuff. So, I mean, yeah. there could be a six-week difference between what we're playing and what is ready to launch. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. I still I still think, you know, maybe you should just wait. Maybe you should just push back the six weeks so that the beta that you're getting approved for release is not, like, demonstrating those types of things. Of course, things are going to have bugs. But these were pretty... I think they were pretty significant, and I got to say, I was hard on Anthem, and so I want to be fair and be hard on the best game that's ever going to ever. Okay, that's out. fine. I understand <laughs> you want to be hard on the division, <laughs> like you already are. Wow, uh, like you are on Anthem, but uh, a lot of those issues were fixed very quickly, and I had Delta Eras until the final day of the. Beginning. Oh, I didn't. I don't know, whatever. You said you didn't try all that much. I was the only one trying. I had a couple of Delta issues, but like after that, it was pretty smooth sailing. Look, you know, 
Well, I'm, I'm going to go rogue here and just circle back to Apex real quick and talk about the beauty of the launch <laughs> they did. What a wonderful because transition, Jack. Go rogue because you can just, go rogue. And yeah, I like that. That was, wow. that was Yeah, see, right? Oh my God. Okay, so Jack, you want to host Apex, a podcast with me? Apex was <laughs> leaked on like Saturday and then it launched Monday. There was no time for anybody to get upset about anything. There was no demo. There was no beta to have these errors that they promised they were going to fix in the next month and a half. It just came out. And aside from a little bit of like connectivity issues, getting into lobbies, it's polished. They dropped that game like a Beyonce album. And for <laughs> that, I will not say that I'm grateful for EA because like I know better than that. But I'm grateful for Respawn. We will say that. I don't know if this quote is for real. I, I heard someone quoting him and it sounds like something that could be a joke. But apparently... He implied heavily that he knows that if they had tried to do a traditional marketing campaign, that people would associate with them with EA. And because there's loot boxes in the game, because it is a free-to-play model, that they would have gotten roasted for it. And instead of doing that, they wanted people just to see what the game was, and so they released it. That sounds entirely plausible. That's smart as hell, because we are still mad about Battlefront 2. EA... And that's an anthem controversy too. People are pissed that the skins might be twenty dollars. The vinyls <laughs> might be twenty dollars. But I thought they put that to rest already. I thought they were like, no, they didn't. Not- <gasps> they said they put it to rest by saying those are not our final prices. They didn't put it to rest by saying this is the price. Oh, and their excuse is but- that they have to wait until launch because they don't know how much they're going to charge. Okay, but <laughs> everything. I I also thought anything that you can purchase in Anthem is also you can also get by playing. Right, but if you look at the, econ- the there was a picture that leaked of the economy. Right. Yeah, I understand the- that. Like you'll get it faster if you buy it. Yeah, it's going to be. Dead. I mean, they need to price it somehow. They need to make money. But if they're they not going to charge for content DLCs, they need they to make some need money, to make money for the Andromeda losses alone. <laughs> and that's fine, but I think the complaint is you there's no way you don't know. So why don't you just tell us? You're not telling us because it's probably going to be bad. Mm. It's definitely going to be bad, but whatever, it's cosmetics. It's cosmetics. Right? Look, like, if you're the type of person to play I personally to, don't care. Yeah. I don't care about that kind of stuff either as long as it's not loot boxes. Yeah. I think loot boxes that do that are like gambling and that's a problem but this like the destiny way of doing it is fine that's what apex does apex is total loot boxes it's i mean they give you the odds up front at least there's no secret to it and they guarantee like one of the best items every 30 boxes or something but it's still total gamble i don't know i'm just like kind of sick of having the cosmetic conversation because like i i just I don't care how much my character looks in comparison to other people's characters that much to be like, uh, how mu- I, they're charging too much for it. It's just like kind of a moot point. And like, I'm not here for how pretty my javelin looks, or how pretty my character in Apex Legends looks. I'm here to play the games. I got to say, though, I don't think that the critique is I want these items and I'm mad that I have to pay this much. Some of it certainly is. But I think a lot of it is just... I saw that exact critique today, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, thank you, Jack. But I think think most of it is you're taking advantage of people and we find that to be a problem. Like, that would be my position. I don't care if I really like something. Like, I like the Pegasus horse in Assassin's Creed and I bought it. The, okay. So I, you know, right. I, I'm guilty of participating in the microtransaction economy. Look, I mean, 
I'm just saying if you got if you if the, I'm not gonna be like you sh- people shouldn't spend their money whichever which way. I, I just don't care. I just don't care. That's just me. That's just me. As long as it doesn't impact gameplay, fine. Whatever. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. how I feel. Well, here's a, here's a side thing. This happened to me just today in a conversation I had with a childhood friend of mine. He does not have time to play video games. He texted me today. He's like, hey, dude, I don't know what this is or if you've heard of it, but I just saw a commercial for this game, Anthem. Have you heard of it? <laughs> it looks awesome. And I was like, dude, I, you know, like I, I've played all the weekends. I, you know, I haven't pre-ordered. I'm so excited. He's like, oh, man, when's it come out? I was like, next Friday. And he got very sad he just had his second daughter he has no time for video <laughs> games whatsoever he's like oh, i was hoping out i was hoping it would come out in a couple months so that like i could pick it up and like when things were calmer i could play it with you and stuff and that's the nice thing about how there is no paywall for the dlc i'm like dude you can just grab it then and catch up you know what i mean there's no dlc mm. that he'll be locked out of he'll be able to just pick it up and play it you know it's a live yeah. service type of thing it's and there's absolutely going to be a hardcore dedicated community that think it's the best thing that's ever been released and even if it doesn't you know wow <laughs> us at launch they're going to play the shit out of it i'm describing myself in destiny 1 like i but loved at- the actually. destiny 1 at launch i did i fucking loved it and i played i played it exclusively wow. even though looking back it was a total piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> Wow. If it wasn't for Apex and Division 2, I would be that way about Anthem. Absolutely. It's too many but games. It's too much. Then, side note, Final Fantasy X is finally coming to Xbox, which is a very scary. special place for me, but that's a whole other conversation. That's the only one I've ever played. No, I've um, never played any. Looping back really quick to Division, the last thing I want to say is that... One of the other reasons why I didn't play as much is because I can already tell that the customization options are so detailed and that min-maxing a character and creating a build and all that stuff is going to be so grindy that I didn't even want to bother. Like, on a character that's not going to be pulled forward, I don't even care. Like, I just want to start fresh and then be very meticulous as... Well, I, I hope that's the case. Oh, because like half of me too was just was just I've played this before, and I hate sounding like that person because it, it is a sequel to a game that I love. Like, why wouldn't I want just more of that? But that is why I didn't bother playing the beta. I'm like, all right, I'll just catch it at full launch when it matters. Like, I want my play time to matter. Yeah, I you know what I I felt at peace when I landed. My my flight was a little late on Sunday, uh, and I was intending to like kind of jump on and play some more division. Uh, but I didn't really get around to it until it literally closed. And I was perfectly fine with that. I was like, you know what? I have another open beta. I can play it then, but maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just save the experience for when it actually launches. Doesn't matter. I got Apex and I got Anthem early launch this weekend. Then Anthem for real in a week. Word. Well, let's, I want to shift gears a little bit. Resident Evil 2. Because Nick and I are scaredy cats. (laughs) I've been watching uh, compilations of uh, Twitch streamers running into Mr. X and like the licking thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, those guys. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't wouldn't know. Anywho, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, full disclosure, I am a big fan of the Resident Evil series. So it is a little bit biased. 
Um, We're all biased. Resident Evil fine. 2, the original for Nintendo 64, is the first Resident Evil game that I played. And that's because I never had a Sony PlayStation 1, which is where the series originated from. Resident hmm. Evil 2 was the only Resident Evil game to release for the 64. So it's the only one I got to play for a long time. So to have this remake come out was just fantastic. Like the game, everything they did with it was amazing, but I only got like six hours of play time out of it. It only took me about six and a half hours to beat the game. And that is also true to, yeah, that is true to the original though. And I think that's one of the big misconceptions about the resident evil games Mm. is that the story itself doesn't take long to beat but there are two separate characters, each with two variations of the story. And one of the big things that they do is they keep track of your time. It's almost like a time attack game. Oh, So like you go back and beat your high score. You just keep beating the game. I remember I had it down to like two hours on Nintendo 64. Whoa. Because I beat it like 10 times. So I think that's probably one of the big misconceptions about the game is that, yeah, if you're just going to buy it to play it once, wait for it to go on sale. That's a tip. If you're going to treat it like the original, then by all means, it's a beautiful, beautiful, wonderful remake. Hmm. I know. Look at that. I'm going to have to wait for it to go on sale because I'm probably not even going to get through it once. <laughs> it's. I don't think it's that scary, <laughs> you know, from like jump scare <laughs> point of view. I think it's just got this great atmosphere, but that one night that I was on an Xbox party chat with Big Nick <laughs> watching a streamer play the game. Never mind. <laughs> you know, play it by all means, play it with all the windows open at noon. <laughs> Daylight. That's exactly what I would have to do it, Jack. So as you alluded, we were watching a Twitch stream together. Maybe I think it was actually a mixer stream. Uh, we were watching a mixer stream together on a party chat. And I was incredibly scared. (laughs) It was very scary. And the person we were watching was playing the game as I would certainly play it, like taking the corners very slow, making sure that you look in every single direction, that there's no possible way that you can get jump scared. Uh, Like that would be me 100%. I, I could not play the game like you and get done in six hours. No way. Yeah, I mean, part of that was is that I still it's so true to the original that I could remember bits and pieces that I just knew what to do instinctively. Mm. Wow. But that is, yeah, I don't know. And the other big misconception is that it's a puzzle game. I don't think people realize that it's not left for dead. It's not, you know, what's that dead rising? Yeah, it's not a zombie action game. It is a survival puzzle game with zombies in it. And that is enough to keep me away. (laughs) (laughs) That is, you know, what I thought, though. I grew up thinking that it was just a zombie action game. And I know that, like, later installments kind of head more in that direction. But, you know, regardless, I was not playing them at all because I've always been, you know, I don't watch scary things. The Brave Little Toaster was one of the scariest movies I'd ever seen as a kid. But I I would definitely highly recommend it to anyone that is a Resident Evil fan. Are you agreeing with the hype? Yes. 100% yes, but that's from the standpoint of a big fan of the series. Game of the year quality. If it's your first... 
Shit. I don't know. This is this is a big year for games. Yeah. It's pretty early on to make oh, no, games is, like that. But. Jack is really deep in here for, for that pause to be as <laughs> pregnant as it was. Yeah. That was a nine month. I think pause. it's a worthy nomination. <laughs> it is a worthy nomination for that accolade, but I'm not I'm not sure that it would win it, but I think it could be recognized as a contender. Wow. You totally just walk that back right now, right? You just you, you, what do you in mean, your mind. No, in your head, you were like, uh, let me not say game of the year. Let me just say it could be nominated. He went from the third <laughs> trimester to the second trimester. <laughs> Okay, but remember how much I was just talking about Apex. Yes. And yeah. we literally just talked about Anthem and Division 2, which are the two games I've been waiting for since they were announced at E3, whichever E3 that was. Yeah, and it, it's only February. You know, all these games are going to be out and playable by the first quarter of this year. Yeah. I'm exhausted. We might have to quit the podcast. <laughs> like, I'm tired. Yeah, just just to even... play games. Uh, what? It was maybe one person in our group chat that mentioned Crackdown 3 comes out in a week. Oh, shit. You know, after how many years of <laughs> development hell, that game is just going to come and go. You know, it's for free on Xbox Game Pass. Fuck, that's right. You don't even have to pay for it. I wonder if there are any microtransactions or they just like let the studio finish it. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, yeah, just get it, just get it out there. You know, put it. We have to pay Terry Crews back. <laughs> Big theory is they're finally like, let's just release it and get it out of the way before we start hyping our new console, so that it doesn't get like conflated and take away from the hype of that. Because Ooh, at this point, what's it going to be? You know, oh, it's yeah. it's does it doesn't look good. No, and they aren't really hyping it. It's just going to show up and disappear. Yeah, sad. Poor crackdown. Um, well, all right. I think that was an interview. I do. Uh, less of an interview, more of a conversation. <laughs> I think that was a conversation. It was a conversation. It was not an interview. Sorry. Uh, it was a conversation. I mislabeled. You know what? That's what we do in party chat. We mislabel. Okay. I don't know what that means. Uh, well, Jack, thank you very much for joining us. I appreciate that you play so many things and that some of them are things that we won't play, but still want to talk about. <laughs> well, that's very fair of you to still want to talk about because it is a <laughs> wonderful, wonderful game. Awesome. Uh, well, thanks again. And uh, I'll see you on Xbox soon. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. That was a show. That was a show. It was a wonderful show. It was a wonderful show. Thank you, Jack, for coming on the show. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. Thank you, listeners, for listening to the show. We appreciate you. We appreciate you as well. Um, If you appreciate us, perhaps you'll leave a rating. Perhaps you'll leave a review. And most of all, most importantly, perhaps, perhaps you'll tell a gamer friend by chance. It would be great if it was not by chance. If it was on, on purpose, that would be better. But you know, <laughs> you know we take what we can get. We'll, we'll do it. We're indie podcasters. Uh, all right. So, yeah, that uh, that was a show. And we'll see you in two weeks. And we'll see you in two weeks. Deuces. Goodbye. <laughs>